Hey everybody, welcome to Don't Sit in the Front. This week I talked to my good friend Michael again over in Wisconsin. We both watched Tig Notaro's new special Drawn. It's on HBO Max. It does something very interesting. It takes a couple different recordings from her sets at Largo in Los Angeles and then animates uh, what she's talking about in the bit. Interesting way to switch up the form that's pretty established of stand-up specials. So I thought I'd look at that for a Thick Wisconsin Accent episode. Yeah, I don't have much to plug. Um, Michael's great, works for the Waukesha County Food Pantry. Waukesha County's been hit, and you've probably seen it in the news, we talk about that. Recently, with a school board voting to end the free lunch program, uh, Michael talks about how it's it's been thankfully overturned, uh, but they always do need help in this pandemic with people losing their jobs and other things being uncertain. Uh, so I check in with Michael about that before talking about the special. Um, I'll get right into the episode. This is Michael, and we're talking about Tignotaro's Drawn. Welcome to Don't Sit in the Front. This is another little loose and easy vacation mode. Another installment of a thick Wisconsin accent. Um, and I'm talking again to my good friend, Michael, uh, lives in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and we're talking over Zoom. And I think we're both on sort of extended early Labor Day vacations. I finished a draft of something important working on my dissertation. So I said, I'm taking a week off and adding the labor day into that. Michael, you're doing something similar, right? Oh, absolutely. I am. I was, I was ready for a vacation. Summer was, summer was long and hot and humid. I was just, Mm. I'm just sleeping. I'm, I'm sleeping hard. Yeah. Yeah, so that's been, uh, you're on like a couple days of your vacation. Uh, People who Mm -hmm. are familiar with, uh, if you've been listening to the Thick Wisconsin Accent Saga, uh, here in the Don't Sit family of uh, content, you would be familiar with uh, Michael works for the Waukesha County Food Pantry. And it's important now to get an update from you because we just talked about how important it is what you do. Gave some tips of like, here are things you can do to help out food pantries. And then the fuck shit school board in Waukesha was the one that made national news that was saying, uh, no, we're not going to give out reduced uh, or uh, help for kids who got to pay for their lunch with government support. Yeah. So since uh, July 4th, when I heard the news that the school board made that uh, made that decision, it's been it's been a long it's been a long two months. So I that's one of the reasons why I'm ready for a vacation. But mm. um yeah, so the school board made a decision to opt out of a program that provided free meals for everyone, uh, regardless of income. Um, mm. Which I think uh, there were some there were some definite quotes taken from school board members and administration that, from my from what I seen, was not out of context. So 
yeah. some really hurtful things that they said. Um, but mm. I think there were also folks who really just didn't know and understand the program well enough. And they yeah. made a, they made a uh, decision uh, not fully informed. So mm. luckily um, they did call an emergency meeting before the school year started and, uh, and voted to rescind their previous decision and, uh, and implement the, the free meals for everyone, which I think was a good decision. Um, it was not unanimous. It was, it was a mm. split. So that came from community pressure, then probably the national news attention didn't, uh, help them in trying to keep that quiet. So, yeah, I, I think, um, over the last few weeks, um, community pressure, um, parents finding out. So, um, so working on, on just awareness. Um, if, if there wasn't some community awareness, I think a lot of parents probably would have started the year without really even knowing. Yeah. Hmm. I got to attend a rally with, uh, with parents and Hmm. teachers and kids and community members, uh, the Friday before. So last week it was just, really great to, to hear, um, folks and ship them sharing their stories, little kids with, uh, you know, second and third graders holding signs and drawing messages onto the sidewalk and chalk and mm-hmm. chanting, feed my friends, which was very, oh. um, really, really powerful to hear, uh, kids yeah. chanting that and, yeah. um, not, a not a good look to, um, to, to kind of turn your back on, on kids saying that. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, we didn't want to, we, I needed an update and cause yeah. Michael's on the front lines of uh, helping with food security assistance in one of the most conservative places in the country, uh, Waukesha County specifically in an already uh, sort of uh, conservative state outside of the big cities, but sometimes votes blue, but yeah, Wisconsin, Michael's on the front lines and specifically on the food issue. So it's like, don't sit in the front bringing you hard-hitting investigative journalism uh, with people on the ground. What else you've been up to? Have you, uh, is you looking to the vacation? Is this the time when you're going to be consuming some comedy content? You got your podcasts, you got your specials, you got your albums. Yeah. I, um, I have been doing some rewatching. I am in the mood for some, some good vampire content and rewatching Angel and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Whoa. Um, so, so getting, getting into that right now, but um, also, also into, I'm ready for a new Netflix special and um, it's like well, a new Netflix series called Q Force animated. Oh. Um, oh, got yeah. Matt, Rad- Matt Rogers as one oh. of the voices um, yep. from Las Culturistas, a very mm-hmm. good podcast. Yeah, I'll, I'll say more about that because we like to, I like to, uh, not being a comic uh, myself, I like to curate and alert people to uh, where they can find comics on their podcasts and being funny in other venues, but Las Culturistas, good podcast with Matt Rogers, as you said, and Bo and Yang. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely a good podcast um, talking about uh, the culture and um, just mm-hmm. really, really good conversations, good guests um and um creators of fantastic segment um i don't think so i don't yes the perfect segment (laughs) i don't think so honey uh which is kind of a like what grinds your gears or what's something that's been bugging you and people get very cathartic 
impassioned speeches about what they would tell someone. I don't think so, honey, about their behavior or something that happened. And then you were the one that showed me the, they had the live episodes in New York where they, they got like 30, Six, 60, I think. I think they did 60 comics, one minute each doing 60. I don't think so, honeys. Yeah. Amazing. Some of the, some of the best, <laughs> yeah, I think some of the best comedy content put to Mike just to hear 60 different rants in quick succession yeah. and people like screaming to hurry up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the pressure, the countdown, it's uh, as an anxious person who like when you're playing taboo or whatever game had that like little the buzzer, uh, the buzzer, you know? Um, yeah. The, the, those, those games just like get me like, Oh my God, I'm just gonna yeah. 15 seconds of it. I can't think anymore and just burst and then just push it out. So. Yeah. Yes. So it's a new, a new uh, special on Netflix with, with a bunch of queer artists. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I am hoping it is well done. I think Matt Rogers seems proud of it. So he's talked about it. So I'm excited to, to see what that's going to be. Yeah. Q force. Is it animated? What is it? It's animated. It is like, queer spies oh right okay should be good hopefully hopefully some good comedy i should have addressed this right after the uh report from the ground for a sick wisconsin accent there's also been a sort of exchange that started between you and the progenitor of the thick wisconsin accent label with pow and they uh gave their response to your message from thick wisconsin three oh, yeah. and uh michael your rebuttal um yeah i was i was just ready to go talking about pow I, but you know you're the host i gotta gotta make sure yeah you you lead us into the discussion just, so. so if anyone's dropping in and don't sit in the front for a first time listen uh these episodes are a lot looser this is where i check in with friends who are not comics so we just kind of nerd out and talk about comedy content things we've been watching um we'll be talking about Tignotaro's new special drawn in a little bit here uh but uh there has been the sort of uh content stream that's been created through these uh and an exchange across the country comedy fans connecting uh from Wisconsin to Southern California and other places between my friend Pow has now met my good friend Michael and we're kind of connecting the world of comedy fans one episode at a time so this is Michael's yes. rebuttal Yes. Uh, yeah, we have not met. It is all podcast pen pal correspondence. Yes. So I am very excited to keep this going because first off, how I was driving to work and hearing Pow just have such kind words. I was I was like on driving and kind of like, oh my God, Pow's talking about me. I feel so good. <laughs> yeah, they were saying how you you do there's people who do work that's really important. And uh, it was good to learn about what you do with the food pantry. And, and then I'm just kind of like, I have like my chin on my, my wrists, <laughs> just, uh, you know, in an audio way, listening to both of them basically be in conversation with each other. Yeah. So it's just so, so nice. And something, something about pals, just they, they are, they shine a light of uh, some really good energy and it's mm -hmm. uh and it feels good to, to, to receive those kind words. And, and then the pot, the episode with, with you all talking 
just a fun, just a fun listen. They, they, I also um, appreciate the, um, I'm going to say kind teasing that (laughs) seems to go on. (laughs) I think you showed me a picture and how is very short. So Mm. just kind of, I don't think you've been doing these in person, but you know, just kind of imagining how like pointing up at me, pointing, pointing up at you. Yeah. A scolding finger, but upward. And then, yeah, me sort of trying to hop on their shoulders or something. Yeah. That's kind of the dynamic. Yeah. That's, that's just a little, uh, taste of, if you haven't heard thick Wisconsin accent episodes, you can go back and look through the feed, uh, and find those. We, we did have the specific goal today of talking about Tignataro's new uh, stand-up special on HBO Max. It's called Drawn. It is a collection of recordings from different sets of hers at Largo in Los Angeles. She would be there a lot. They're recorded from 2015, I think, up to 19. So it's important context to realize that's not a, it's not a special or one full set it's not they didn't set out to do that i think at some point they just realized they want to do this thing with animation so the different stories that she tells and bits are set to animation by different animators different styles of art yeah i want well i always ask people first is had you heard of it michael before i said something um i did see it on my like hbo suggestion so i did mm. i didn't know what was around and i I had wanted to watch it anyway because I do like Tig's comedy. Mm. Um, and I like animation. So I think, you know, those two two things combined, I was definitely interested in seeing what the result was. And I was I was definitely happy with it. Hearing that context is it doesn't really change my feelings about it. It just it is a nice kind of added context. I to think know it, that it's not a cohesive set yeah because i was watching it and thinking like i think i've heard some of these bits before but tignotaro's had specials between so i was kind of like huh and then then i looked it up and realized that okay so that was probably things i had seen her do around la or had heard on different different places that i'd heard before so then it rang a bell you can get some straight stand-up from Tignataro, whereas she kind of went on this different route to be in a show, um, kind of a about her life. I feel like that was sort of the trajectory that a lot of comics were on was they get a show that's sort of a drama comedy about their rise to fame or something specific about their story coming up. And then she was then she's like a movie star. Well, she was on that Star Trek show and then she was on that Zack Snyder zombie movie. So I was just like, that trajectory, is she gone? Like, how are they really going to come back to stand-up after all that? So I was just happy to see stand-up content from her. She has an important place in the current stand-up comedy style and moment that we're living in, Um, specifically with bringing in very real personal issues into stand-up. So people might have heard back in, oh, between like 2012 to 13, 14, around then, she was talking about this on stage, but she had a very famous set that she recorded, a 30-minute set she recorded the day, um, I believe it was the day she found out her mom died. 
and she also found out she has cancer right around the same time and had a very serious digestive disease that was like eating up her insides like all of this is happening in the same few months of her life um and then she recorded a set right after the sort of like the icing on the cake was finding out that her mom died and that i feel like set into motion people being able to have special sets and things recorded on that sort of heavy mix of comedy and a heavy working through an issue kind of tone. So for me, she's sort of, it's not to say that she started that, but that was a very, a primary example of that switch um, to talking about very personal issues in comedy. Had you seen much from her before, Michael? I, I can't remember if I've seen any full specials or if I've, mm-hmm. I know I've heard bits, like you said, and potentially maybe parts of things. And then um, I know she's had some some kind of just comedy acting like cameo pieces mm-hmm. as well that I've seen her in. I think um, if people listen to like This American Life or other NPR programming, I feel like she in that time period, she was in that space a lot. Also, she had like the kind of famous or it went viral, like Taylor Dane story where she kept seeing the same uh, 80s musician in like all kinds of places to the point where yes they would think she was stalking her I think that went kind of viral that story yeah yeah I, I do remember the Taylor Dane story and um, and maybe I'm just in the maybe in that same mindset of I think I've heard that before mm-hmm. but I don't remember where so um, but I just I do know that um, whenever I have seen her I really enjoyed her um, her embrace of like awkwardness mm-hmm driving something to the point where it's not funny and then uh-huh. like make, continuing past that to make it funny again. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. just kind of like the repetition and like going down and then back up. Yeah. And then I, one note that I wrote watching this and kind of remembering her comedy and things was that I think she has a truly unique view of the world and it, but in a very grounded way, a realistic when there's some people who create their stage persona or comedic voice that is like, I have a crazy view of the world, but it is too quirky or too crazy. I'm not sure if I can articulate it, but I felt like uh, after seeing her that final bit in the special where she talks about driving around listening to the same Dolly Parton song on repeat, and then it goes to a very dark place. I've, that's what I wrote down was she has a very grounded sense of when someone says I have a unique view of the world because her these bits are just her telling you I had a stupid thought or here's a story about something stupid I did she's very skillful at drawing comedy from just telling you the story of what she did and it's really not the same sort of uh, setup punchline tag Mm -hmm. the tags really are just like or just things that are peppered in are her reacting to the the noises that the audience makes yeah, but I'll get to some of that, but I just we'll go back and kind of reset here and just say that. Um, so this is an animated special. What did you after seeing it? Different stand up bits have animation put to them. How did you what did you feel like that does or does for it or does it limit it? What do you think? I think it took me a little bit. Um, it took me a little while to get used to it. I think the her first bit on Kool-Aid. Um, yes. and we can come back to this, but her first bit on Kool-Aid, um, I wasn't quite sure like how this whole thing was going to go because it, 
was it was focusing on her animated as a standup and then kind of throwing in throwing in just like little random sketch cutaways yeah and then i kind of wondered like is that maybe different there's different animation styles for different stories and i wonder if that particular artist had that idea with it because it like zooms in on like her realizing she like pulled something out of her teeth and finished chewing it from dinner. Yeah, there were, yeah, there were a like, lot of... This is not why... I was. I wrote down, I might be a little grumpy on this one because <laughs> I, I was like, this is not why I like stand-up. When they showed the chewing things, I was like, oh, are we going into like a Ren and Stimpy yeah. animation? <laughs> like, I don't... That's, yeah. not, that's not Tig's style and I don't want... Like, that's yeah. not the humor I want. Because I felt that some of the stories were helped by the what was animated but what a stand-up comic is doing is they're creating the images for you in your head with words mm-hmm. when you just give the image i just felt distracted between listening to her story and watching the animation for some of them and it's hard to pinpoint what did it i did think that in that one she's explaining the kool-aid man and i was like had the same thought that you did I was like i'm not sure if i'm on board but then when it's she goes back to explaining the Kool-Aid man for the very rare chance that someone doesn't know who that is. And it shows her with like a PowerPoint slide pointing to like a diagram of him. And then I was like, OK, like that that's an interesting way that the setup is kind of a PowerPoint slide. You're saying like, here's what you know about this idea or here's the information I have to give you to flesh it out so I can then play with it uh, with with the joke um and the other thing that i think animation adds i'm like i'm really of two minds of it it adds or is distracting is that the crowd work so whenever she react which is big for her style is to react to how people gasp or have a weird laugh or uh say anything she kind of shuts down potential heckles or even like a positive heckle very quickly this is then then animated. So there's almost a way that they have a, she has through this animation, through this animator's vision, a way to kind of get revenge on people that were kind of being like weird uh, in the audience or for people that were supportive, but just had a funny laugh or something. They're given like a moment in this animation to show like, this is what that person might look like or what, uh, when she then imitates what they said, because there's that whole problem of no, the whole audience didn't hear what the person said. They have to, re- the comic has to repeat it into the microphone, but then it's coming out of the mouth of that audience member animated. So it does have an interesting interplay there. Uh, I think there were a couple of times where it really helped basically in her oral surgery. Um, oh yeah. In that, in that animation, it really helped because the animator revealed the punchline at the same time that she revealed it. It wasn't mm, right. It it wasn't like a you could visually see what was happening and then and then she told you it was like mm-hmm. at the same time. Um and that's when I I think that was the first one that was like fully out of the the stage and in the world of her story. Yeah. And that's where I was like, okay, I'm really into this. I was really like getting the feel of what what was going on there. I was sitting in the Subaru dealership waiting for my car to get um, oil changed and um, uh, trying not to uh, draw attention to me. Uh-huh. Always <laughs> a good, up in the, 
Crack that was a good sign. <laughs> That's right. I think different people interpreted the way that they're going to put animation to it uh, with varying degrees of success. But the Wisdom Tooth story to me is an example too. I realized that her, these are long bit there's she's a storyteller yeah yeah she does with the crowd work some things can be really quick but it all almost then ties into whatever she's talking about so mm. so everything's very long form mm-hmm. yeah i guess that does assuage one of the fears i had going into like are we going to animate stand-up specials now was this my thought but then it was like it's not going to work for everybody because if they're like one-liner or a uh, much shorter uh set up punchline type delivery then you're just you're bouncing all over all kinds of different uh because like one story that has to be animated starts and stops with every like 30 seconds or something so yeah it might be unique to her situation that it works i think it was her um van halen like guitar uh-huh. fantasy that was that was not a high of light for me that was mm-hmm. probably there was like a guitar break and a psychedelic just animated mm. tie-dye moment. Yeah. Cause it, that's where I was like, Oh no, now you've paused the recording. You've added a considerable amount of time of something new animated. This is all to say that like uh, the stand-up special can only look so many ways and people are trying to experiment with the form so like, yeah, do whatever you want. But I've just, I was kind of coming into it of being like, what does it add? Or what does it take away? Though when she's telling a longer story and then what is being said is then animated in a way that was probably not intended by her. Um, for example, like the example of the food being crunched in her mouth. That reminds me a lot of that Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant show from a long time ago with Carl Pilkington, where they would, it was Stephen Merchant, Ricky Ricky Gervais podcast, essentially, that was then animated. And in the process of it, they would animate what they were talking about. And then they figured out that the producer, Carl, had a really unique uh, and just strange way of viewing the world. So then it lent itself to animating the ways that they're, what their topic of conversation you know, rooted off in all these different ways. It works with some content better than others. And then like, like this, some of the bits and the way they are interpreted by the artist, I think were more effective. My favorite was the story about going to visit the old lady or staying with her friend's great aunt or some relation in rural Texas, I think it was. And I just liked the animation style of that the best, the way they made the old lady look. That felt the most co- here most coherent translation of the story onto onto the screen in the animated form the wisdom teeth story was funny to me just because when they show her going to her then i think girlfriend's apartment it was clearly designed or animated by someone who doesn't know what la looks like because the and i guess i guess assumed that it was in la i don't know if she said that but i imagine so and the idea that the pool that's being discussed outside looks like it's on it's like a villa on a cliff in like the french riviera or something and i was like that is probably an interior courtyard the like quintessential la apartment complex where the pool quote unquote is a hole with water that made of concrete (laughs) that people happen to go in and sit around but when you're listening to a stand-up set in the audience you can hear what 
the setup is describing to you and they, she just says apartment and then you have whatever you picture in your head and everybody has a different one. And I think that's part of the fun of it, a unique one or a unique aspect of it that everybody has a different picture. When you put one to it, you get that one person's interpretation mm-hmm. of it. The Jenny Slate bit is just kind of fun. Like it's funny to put a familiar face to uh, that's the person who was receiving all of her bad news at different times. Yeah, just choosing someone and they're the kind of magnet of your bad news. Mm-hmm. And then just, yeah, imagining the interaction of, should I actually keep checking in every time I, every time I ask her to go out for coffee? She's, I'm killing a family member. Yeah. <laughs> giving her cancer. <laughs> Cause I thought the joke would be, you know, eventually she thought like, are you avoiding me or something? But it's even funnier than that. She's just continually supportive and then goes and helps her do like the, the kind of balloon ceremony. And- mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, trying to think what other bit, what other bits do they animate? So the guitar one was, I just didn't, I didn't get into that one. That is an example though. Of what I was saying is how I think she has, it's not, I don't know if it's the best way to say it, that she has a truly unique view of the world. It's that she has honed in on uh, a sort of genre or type of story from mundane parts of existence that I just don't hear anyone vocalize much. Mm-hmm. Like something weird you thought when you were a kid and then hers was for that example, she would be kicking a soccer ball and imagining that Eddie Van Halen was behind her for some reason. And if she were to turn around, he'll disappear, but he's there when she's not looking. It's just a really weird little kid thought. And then with having it animated out, it's kind of funny, but it just seemed like, yeah, that the audio recording from that set, that story lends itself better to that's just a quick little aside basically, but they've stretched it out because it's something you can animate. That one didn't hit for me as much either. Oh, and I liked her um, Fonzarelli style as a kid that Mm. she was really cool but things always happen that break her out of her coolness uh-huh i like the the high school tig kind of animation too just her mm-hmm. like jacket and guitar playing yeah i mean i think overall um overall for me i think the animation added to it and i don't for me i don't think it distracted from the stories mm-hmm. so i think i think overall they worked really well together um for the most part. And I think, uh, and I think too, I think what you were saying with the crowd work, seeing that animated did have a nice added touch because, because it was like purposeful then it, Mm -hmm. it changed it from an interruption to a part of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Cause without the animation in person, you're just kind of like, I'm always put, I've talked about it a lot on this podcast, but I'm always put uh, out of, or at unease when someone is interacting with the crowd at all um, just because mm-hmm. that's kind of like dead time you're waiting to get back to the point and then this sort of added something to it I am remembering that from that era where she was doing stand-up and was out in the world a lot talking about the combination of her disease and then her cancer and then her mom dying and then uh, I was I had listened to she and David Huntsberger and Kyle Dunnigan had a podcast called Professor Blastoff which I enjoyed a lot where they would have a, those three comics would have a guest who is a scientist or specialist in something very specific. And the whole premise was just, they had to describe what their research was about 
And then these three comedians just interrupt them with all the questions they would have. And they like barely ever got through really getting to the point of what their research was. Cause it was just, it was really easy to riff. Cause it's just people that you just did not know what these specialists were talking about. <laughs> and at the height of my listening to that, and then seeing her all around hearing the 30 minute set, her famous one. And then on the podcast, her updating different ways that she and her now wife were trying to have kids uh, and then have in vitro and uh, fertilization and uh, trying all kinds of different things and it wasn't working. And then finally they did have twins and I saw the whole family here in person in Larchmont. And that was like such a great, that was a good, and the list of all the celebrity settings in LA, that was a good like geek out one. Cause it was right at the perfect time where she was one of my favorite comics. And then you saw the product of all of those stories of all the struggle to go through it and then there were the babies and i saw the whole family like out in a nice stroll and just kind of like walked past them and it was like wow that was that was like a good a plus celebrity sighting <laughs> can you think of examples where you've liked or not liked when a stand-up comic has very serious material i really don't want to say it because i know there was a lot of controversy around it um mm. and <laughs> you're, talking about, you're talking about nanette Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like, I don't want to say I didn't like it because the reasons other people didn't seem to be around like weird male, female things, but mm. I was just, I just found it kind of boring. I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't um, get into it. I, I did not, mm -hmm. I don't really even remember kind of her point in it. Yeah. <laughs> and, maybe, and maybe that was the point. It wasn't I, supposed to. Well, I don't know. <laughs> it was like the bait and switch. Hannah Gatsby's Nanette, the bait and switch is uh, she's going to talk very intimately, intensely about her sexual assault, but then relate it back to how other artists uh, have or could not talk about such things. And then the artists that are held up in society, like Picasso, actually had a bunch of really young mistresses and all this stuff. And it did some people in the like comedy journalism vulture kind of world pinpoint that as like the part, the, uh, the shot across the bow that started the, or the shot heard around the world that started the club versus alt comedy kind of civil war. They were calling it the comedy civil war. That was one of the significant battles, I guess you would say is whether or not you liked that special and you thought it should count as a stand up special. But I feel like you, Michael, cannot like it and it's for very different reasons than like the bros of the comedy store joe rogan type scene did it like it michael's reasons yeah. are going to be very different <laughs> than uh some kind of harasser or other in the la okay, comedy there we scene go. yeah <laughs> i yeah so i think uh yeah i don't know all those like nuances of the comedy world and their mm -hmm. internal discussions of it but there was just something um it just yeah for me i, I was like i didn't keep my attention i I'm pretty sure I fell asleep. But I would say Hannah Gadsby, when you see her do something very different, a more traditional stand-up set, but still have an interesting twist to it, is her next one, Douglas, which I would definitely recommend. Mm, okay. Which is she talks about the aftermath of doing Nanette in this new special. And it is in reference to like, can I do a regular special, but then does a very special special by uh telling you what she's going to do ahead of time 
Do you hear that? I heard that, yeah. I There's going to be a lot of background noise on this one. Side note, <laughs> in the pandemic, with a lot of the empty roads, the there's been a resurgence in street racing and all of the culture of like modifying cars and all of that, which everyone's like, that's always been there. No, it came back with a vengeance when there were a bunch of empty streets for a couple months. Mm. And everyone, it's actually everyone watched uh, Fast and Furious during lockdown. Yeah, they they caught their up. cars. Yeah. <laughs> People finally had the time to modify <laughs> their Hondas. No, so the it's been an issue. Our intersection in particular has the right dimensions. So it is very it's like it must be a known quantity in the street racing and car modifying world where they do donuts in our intersection Mm. at like two in the morning and like quickly do a bunch of donuts and then peel out of there so if it's the oldest i've ever sounded i don't care (laughs) like that that's not okay (laughs) welcome to old man says (laughs) (laughs) the segment where we sound like old men complaining about our neighbors (laughs) nanette's weird street racers are noisy (laughs) (laughs) um i will say douglas um, douglas Douglas. is a great special you should check it out i gotta watch douglas i will Mm. say i think i first saw hannah gatsby in a series called please like me Mm. i think it's like a new zealand or australian series and it was it was very good she was very good actress in that i liked Mm. it so um nothing against her just yeah i think in terms of personal experiences and building a narrative and comedy special out of Mm. it i think nanette is the one that doesn't resonate with me another example i think of as being the saddest and quick turn to funniest special is annihilation by pat oswalt where Mm -hmm. he finally talks about his first wife uh passing away and it man it's rough it's like uh i want i i want to go back and watch it again but it might end up being a one-time watch it was like after it was done I, t- I turned to my wife and I was like, let's go, let's go walk outside. Let's go, <laughs> let's go get ice cream or something. And he, in the middle, when he turns, he's like, okay, now I'm going to talk about this material. He like sighs and like resets his entire mm-hmm. demeanor. And also like that, being able to do that in a Netflix comedy special, I feel like it was a significant turn in the, you know, two, you know, mid 2000 teens to, to now. For now, it seems like anyone can do any type of very dark material. Or Oh, the other example I'd give is um, uh, Cameron Esposito has her special called Rape Jokes, um, which is specifically about her uh, sexual assault. And then she kind of made an event out of it by, it, I think all the proceeds from it went to uh, resources for victims or survivors of sexual assault and that kind of thing so it's like there was a definite moment where people are using the stand-up form to talk about much more serious things and i do i would put it in a genealogy coming off of uh tig notaro's putting out her special talking about her mom dying anything else michael any other thoughts um poop jokes real funny tig gets it yeah <laughs> i like the um, spider uh but again that's like a I would, it's, it is funnier for the act out or the comic to just be like, imagine the spider up there. And then people start laughing because in their head, they see the spider 
not the one that we're seeing animated on the screen. <laughs> That's my grumpy old man segment for this week. <laughs> any any other complaints about the world? Oh, so, so many things to complain about. So many, but I guess on a positive note, I saw like I went to an open mic and saw a lot of young or newer comics. Um, some of them like real nervous, but getting through it. And I just feel like the comedy world is healing and see what more comes out of now that there's more people out touring and able to do stuff uh, we'll yeah. get get back in the comedy special production pipeline comedy central oh, is recording all their 15 minute and 30 minute sets and stuff so i think it's back to producing stuff that's nice with uh speaking of tours i um i will be seeing maria bamford um oh. at comedy on state um went to madison UW Madison lived in Madison for what four or five years and mm. never been there. So Maria Banford's getting me getting me to comedy on state and looking forward to it. And I and let and I think she's still opening as uh Candy Lawrence was on an episode a couple episodes ago. She'll be opening for Maria Banford. Mm. So oh yeah, see her yeah. too. That would be really exciting. Yeah, that that was a fun episode. Okay, Michael, do you got anything to plug? I was going to ask if there's something like anybody can give money to to just like yell at those school board members, <laughs> but it seems like the the second and third graders have it covered. Yeah. Um you know, I you know, if you want to donate to the food pantry serve in Waukesha County, um that is always appreciated. We're at waukeshafoodpantry.org. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, um, it's important to support local. Is there anything about the pandemic or anything specific that has changed the ways that you think people can contribute? Or is it all some of the standard things we talked about? Give food that you would want to eat yourself. Don't give mm -hmm. like your leftovers, essentially. Um, it's changing for a lot of organizations that money is probably going to be a bigger factor, um, mm -hmm. especially with the pandemic. I think food drives were were a challenge because of limited either limited volunteer resources or or the fact of wanting to be careful and mm -hmm. and not accept food and um, be able to make sure everything that they're distributing was clean. So. Um, so I think um, monetary donations are probably going to be a bigger factor for a lot of mm. a lot of um, agencies. So, okay, walkshoffoodpantry.org or find your your local food pantry if you're listening in LA or wherever you might be. Well, that that's another installment of Thick Wisconsin Accent. Everybody say say hi to Pow. Shout out to Pow. Shout uh, out. See who else we can. Who else I can harass into doing a podcast with me, but thank you for your time, Michael. All right. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cut it there. <laughs> thank you for listening to Don't Sit in the Front. Please rate and subscribe and leave me a review. You can follow the show on Twitter with the handle don't underscore sit or don't sit in the front, all one word, on Instagram. Our music is composed by Chris Helking, and our cover art is provided by Memory Bloom Studio. Thank you so much for listening, and just remember to always punch up and keep swinging. <laughs>